Utah dominates USC and WSU. Very good football day. All that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Log fans. What's up, my brothers and sisters all across America? This is Eric. Warren. That's a weird name. Warren. Warren. My Warren. name is Warren. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. I, as always, am live in World Podcast Headquarters in Tacoma, Washington. We are via remote, across time zones, deep in the heart of Texas. Eric. That's right. Coming from Bandera, Texas, the cowboy capital of Texas, they'll have you know. Uh, ready, to, ready to talk some Pac-12 football, where I'm very confident I'm the only person in this county who knows anything about Pac-12 football. Yeah. They're like, they're like was that a... Part of that Oberg fail decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go to last week's action. We got, uh, that was an indiscriminate Southern accent. I don't, I can't do a Texas. That was kind of just all of them. Yeah. That was, that was really more of like a Louisiana draw, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to know. I want you know, well, you to know that I know that I know that wasn't a good Texas okay. accent. Uh, first off, <laughs> Thursday night, we had Stanford and Arizona State and Stanford ahead, comfortable, 20-3 to at one point, I believe. And then all of a sudden, here comes the Herms. Herms have the ball late with a chance to score but can't do it. Stanford wins by a touchdown, 20-13. to That is an accurate description of what happened. Stanford also covered in that game as they were only two-and-a-half-point favorites. And, I mean, it looked comfortable for Stanford for most of the game, but the the Herms put on a, a late charge to, as you say, kind of make it interesting, but – um, the ASU's in some in a spot of bother here. They've they're gonna it's gonna be hard pressed for them to get to uh, full eligibility after that great start to the season they had. And Stanford kind of doing what I thought they were gonna do, which is um, just kind of ground and pound. And like when their backs up against the wall, they've got enough talent to to you know eke out a win when you know even in a tough road game. Yeah, not dissimilar from uh, Washington's game against Arizona State, where they're beating them comfortably, but then at the end of the day, they win by a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty. Uh, next up, we had Cal went to Oregon State. Uh, Cal road favorites. Uh, Cal have been kind of reeling a little bit, but they go to Oregon State and do they ever get right? Forty-nine to seven win for Justin Wilcox. And their quarterback was a Garbers. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was the guy they started the year with, right? Yeah, the guy that started they started the year with and winning games with. They went back and looked at the film. And the best not, guy on their team yeah. playing quarterback is who they let play quarterback in this game. They noticed they were like, "Oh, we noticed when he plays, we win, so we'll play him." Uh, yeah. Here, here's what that I was, was thinking. Good. I turned into this game a little bit, and I was thinking like, they're real sarky, you know? Like this is like a real sarky result, you know, because it's like an out of nowhere blowout against Oregon State. Wilcox is about right on around 500, you know, right in his, uh, what is it? 20th game. So it's, is this his second, second, third season with the team? Something like that. Second, second season. Yeah. So he's, you know, right around 500. Uh, you can like, uh, you know, make the case that they're improving from where they were, but it's fits and starts, you know, fits and sarks. Yeah. All right. Uh, fits and sarks. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Utah hosted USC. Utah, they pummeled Stanford. They pummel USC, forty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah, I thought you, I thought USC was going to win this game, and I was wrong. 
And I looked at one point and USC was up 14 nothing, and I was like, oh, good. Things are progressing as I you know, anticipated. And I don't know that USC scored after that. The quarterback got hurt pretty much. I mean, if you look at the USC fan board and uh, Twitter reaction, that's the end of Clay Helton was, you know, getting completely embarrassed by a Utah team that is, you know, okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is an embarrassing uh, game if you're a, an SC fan or, or supporter. Yeah, and I'd say Utah may be okay, but also maybe the class of the Pac-12 South, you know, now that they kind of found their footing. And uh, still, I mean, at this point in the season, the runaway best victory for Washington uh, was going down to Salt Lake and beating Utah. Uh, there, Utah has found something, and props to them for getting it together. And Clay Helton, exactly what we said all along, even though he's had some success, which I uh, have in the past overlooked or minimized, I, he's he's just yeah. wrong for there. Yeah, it's not a good. He's not a good coach for them. Yeah. All right. We got UCLA hosting Arizona, and I'll tell you what. I was at the half of this game. I'm thinking it's the UCLA train. Chip Kelly's got it going now. They got to win the previous week. They're they're going to stack up a couple. Arizona. I mean, Cleo Tate's not even in the game. We got Rich Rodriguez's kid playing quarterback. And I'll tell you what, it ends up being a one-point win for UCLA. Yeah, I mean, credit to, to UCLA for continuing their forward momentum and winning the game. But, yeah, with Rhett Rodriguez, at quarterback, no Khalil Tate available. Um, I, I wasn't particularly expecting Arizona to be uh, close in this game. And, they, you know, I think UCLA had it in hand for a while, for a while but definitely towards the end there got, got a little tight. Um but for me, at the end of the day, the takeaway is that Chip Kelly's starting to turn the engine over at UCLA, and like they every week are getting better and better. And and you know, I, I'm also glad the University of Washington played UCLA earlier in the season as opposed to later. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then uh, let's go. I almost want to do this game last, but I'll do it right now. Washington State hosted Oregon. Uh, game day finally comes to Pullman. And, uh, I don't know if, did you get a chance to watch any of that? Uh, I watched some of it. Joyous. A, a, a beautiful occasion, you know? Great. It was packed. They were having a ball. They were out there early four in the morning. And I mean, it was just, I think it's, it's one of those things where game day as it was such a cool thing when it started years ago. And it was so exciting for school to get it, but it's been around for a minute now. And, and it, some weeks does not necessarily feel like, I think that, um, that, you know, that unique, awesome college football experience. I'll, I'll give you an example. I went to the university of Washington versus university of Utah game a couple of years ago where game day was somehow at that game um, in, in Salt Lake city. And it was fun, but it wasn't like, the end of times, like everyone, you know, losing their mind fun. It was just kind of a neat occurrence, but in Pullman on Saturday, it was end of times fun. Yeah. I mean, and they're, they're, uh, I, you know, I knew, uh, the Cougs that I know that like I work with, were all like going over there. Some like younger people at my work were like going over without tickets, like getting there, putting in like a, a full 24 plus hour shift from early Saturday to early Sunday uh, just, you know, like that, you know, and then I guess we'll talk about what happened in the game also is that Washington state jumps out 
and just puts their foot on Oregon's neck in the first half. Goes into halftime up 27-0. to Oregon gets back to within a touchdown in the game, but then Washington State strings together one last drive in the fourth quarter to win by two touchdowns in the game. Uh, fans rush the field. You got uh, Gardner Minshew, two up on the shoulders of the fans, you know, like uh, everybody cheering. All Cougs just couldn't be happier to be Cougs. The absolute part, like the absolute thing that you were looking for when, uh, uh, like, this is the juice that you chase. This is why you follow, you waste your time following a college football program or following any kind of sports team is because sometimes that happens, you know, like sometimes like I'm thinking back to like those early 2000s Apple Cups where the Cougs were really good. And specifically, I think probably the best game I ever saw in person, uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the uh, Corey Williams touchdown followed by the Marquise Cooper pick six against like a top 10 Washington State team where, and then we yeah. act we actually rushed the field on the Cougs at home. But like, like that's, that's why you do it. You know, that's why you put all this time and worry and anxiety into this thing that you have no control over because sometimes it rewards you with a gorgeous communal experience that you are not having anywhere else in your life. Yeah. And let's be, be real for almost every fan base in America, the national championship is not attainable. Um, and, and I'd say, you know, that includes every school in the PAC 12 for the last you know, uh, since Oregon was a top four, like a legit top four contender. Yeah. Um, and so, you, you know, like coming into this season, you know, Washington was sort of a dark horse. You watch them and you, you can kind of see that's not a, you know, that's not a national championship contender. It's really like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Georgia. There's been a couple, of, you know, for a small number of teams that have shown themselves to be true national championship caliber you know, fan base celebrating in the streets in January kind of a deal. And everybody else is basically playing for something else. And this, like you said, this is this is WSU's. That was their national championship was that game. Like, that was it. They will never get better, particularly because it's a bowl win is on the, you know, happens down in, in Arizona or it happens in Pasadena or it happens in, you know, Atlanta, somewhere thousands of miles away from your campus where, you can't have, you know, everybody there. Um, and so that that was their, you know, the, it won't get better for them this year, I think, in terms of a, a, a whole experience of a day, regardless of, of whether they win out or not, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, Washington hasn't had a day that sniffed that. We were lucky enough to have one two years ago when we beat Stanford at home, when we dominated them the week before we uh, ended the streak against Oregon. But, like, to the, these – these moments are few and far between and it was rightfully and rapturously celebrated by the Cougs for the entire day. They, they did an excellent job. What an advertisement for uh, the sense of community they have over there and good, good for them for having that moment. Like there, I mean, that's like a top fiver that anybody's going to have uh, across the sport for the entire year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Then Washington hosted Colorado. Uh, the other side of the coin is that, Sometimes your team is just above average and goes through the, the joyless business of beating the teams on their schedule. Washington takes care of Colorado 27 to 13 in a game that was close until, you know, until it was late. Washington scores a couple. Washington had kind of been, you know, tripping all over themselves, fumbling through the end zone, making dumb uh, 
fourth down penalties on like punts, like jumping over the shield, you know, to kind of keep Colorado around, keep Colorado around a game that maybe Colorado, you know, one lucky bounce here, all of a sudden they're in there with a real shot to win, but Washington eventually takes care of business. They were the better team on the day. Uh, good win for you, Dub. Yeah. I mean, it was a good win. It was a balance back win in some respects. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed I mean, totally under the radar, as, as we just talked about effusively, it was WSU's day. Um, Washington under the radar after a disheartening loss to Oregon gets a Colorado team that's equally battered and bruised. You know, you've got the two, arguably the two best players in the game, not arguably, I think for sure, the two best players on each team out with LaVisca Chenault not making the trip for Colorado and Miles Gaskin not suiting up for UW. Um, so you've got all the makings of kind of a slog fest. And that was what it was. But to Washington's credit, you know, in a rather unenjoyable game to watch, they they pulled it out. And, you know, the, the score, you know, the end scoreboard looks like, oh, yeah, Washington's, you know, rebounded nicely with a good win. And that's, I mean, that's basically it. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, good rushing attack on the day for Washington in the absence of Miles Gaskin. They go with uh, McGrew, Pleasant, and Ahmed, who combined for 200 yards. Uh, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say about this game, I talked with you about this on text. I didn't even really watch it. You know, actually I didn't watch any of it because I was like, well, my in-laws are in town. I could theoretically go play golf on a weekend, which I never get to do because, uh, you know, I've got young kids. Uh, so I go play golf, just listen to the game on the radio. First of all, fantastic. You know, I'm still, you know, keeping track of everything. Got to be outside. It was a nice enough day. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I might be doing that more in the future for like road games. Yeah. Like get out there, go play 18 holes. It's about the exact time of it. It takes you that about that amount of time for 18 holes is about a football game. You know? Yeah. I think, I think I like probably teed off me about 45 minutes and then the game finished up as I was on 17 or 18 or something like that. But awesome, dude. It was, uh, uh, I recommend it. Uh, and then one of my favorite things, I was listening to the call and uh, Castro Cone, the new Washington play-by-play guy, was talking about Sean McGrew on one of his plays. And he was like, Sean McGrew negotiates a seven-yard gain. And I was uh, th- I was like, oh, that's a good choice of words because from what I've seen, that's how he runs. Like some running backs are like a, a Royce Freeman, uh, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Lacy or, you know, one of those big Alabama backs are kind of like, William Sherman type of guys they are coming in to raise everything and uh, take everything yeah. they can absolutely take. McGrew, you know, there's a little give and take. He's going to see what the defense is doing. They're going to say, all right, we'll let you have this. I'll take this. You're not, not going to take too much. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm going to kind of see what's what on every play. And there's going to be a little bit of a give and take. I enjoy it. He's like, got a, he's slow behind the line and then uh, sees where he can get to and then gets there and does no more. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that turn of phrase a lot, for whatever reason. Um, okay. So at, so how did we do on picks last week? You and Dirty Worm, friend of the pod, both went 3-3, three and three, and I went 2-4. and four. That leaves uh, my overall 37-22-1, your record at 34-25-1, and, and in first place, Mr. Mr. Worm at 38-21-1. I'm disappointed. I thought I did better than that. So Washington did not cover. That's disappointing. Washington didn't cover. You had ASU uh, and then UCLA got you. Yeah. 
So you got Cal, right? You got WSU. We all had WSU, and then you got Utah. God, I got to be on Cal Island, and I had that thing covered up by thirty-five extra points. Yeah, you got Cal. That was your that was your big get for the week. Arizona State cost you your love of the Herm. I can't. Uh, I can't. It's hard to quit Herm. Yeah, it is. You, you probably should. I need to. At this point. I think he's three and five, so yeah. <laughs> he's hurting you. He's playing the, he's playing the long game, dude. Uh, so let's yeah. go to ne- next week's action. First up, we got Utah and UCLA on Friday night in Pasadena. Both teams played uh, the prior Saturday. Both teams played relatively late. Uh, we got no line on this game. How can that be? Yeah, I'm wondering if the UCLA was playing Wilton Spates last year or last week in the game against Arizona. I'm wondering if that Dorian Thompson Robinson guy isn't injured and they're not sure what his status is because he is the starter for them. So I think this is probably a no-line game as a result of UCLA's quarterback scenario. In either circumstance, give me the Utes. Yeah, Ute me up on that one. I think Utah's good. They might be good. They might be. They, they might actually be a good little football team. Uh, next up, we got Oregon State traveling to Colorado. Buffs needed this one after Buffs played, lost to USC, lost to Washington in the last two weeks, and also a pick'em game, which I can only assume is related to some sort of injury on Oregon State's team. Yeah, Oregon State back is also injured, and Jamar Deverson, their stud running back, a freshman running back, his status is uncertain for this game. Colorado, I have to assume LaVisca Chenault, his status for this game is, is up in the air. Um, I don't care because I think that Colorado is better. And if OSU has um, injury concerns, then this is a, a false pick This should be a big line in Colorado's favor. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So Colorado it is for that one. Uh, next up, let's go to USC hosting the Herman Edwards. USC coming off a loss. I like USC off a loss. I'm willing to say goodnight to Herm. Give me the Trojans. Six and a half point favorites. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Um, you think USC, after their embarrassment last week at Utah, is going to bounce back this week against the, the Herms? You think this is a, a pride thing? They're just going to have to be better than them? I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I think Arizona State and USC have a lot of the same problems right now. Uh, I think it has the potential to be a good game. I wouldn't be astonished if Arizona State won, but give me USC. If you want to, I mean, the bold play, the, and which makes it the only proper play, is to take Herman Edwards with his back against the wall. But I'm still going to take USC. I also believe that uh, USC is down to their third-string quarterback in this game. I think JT Daniels, as in the concussion protocol, has not been cleared, and I think their second-string guy is injured. And so I, I don't think USC actually has a quarterback um, of any note for this game. So – I'm gonna I'm gonna take you ASU here. I'm gonna say these, as you said, these are two teams that have a lot of the same problems. I think they also play a similar style, and I think ASU may actually have some decent talent to stand up to uh, USC. I like them to cover this up. Then I say, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm so, uh, I like it. I like that. That's a good bold pick. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Next up, we got huge game in the Pac-12 North. Washington State off their emotional emotional win against Oregon are traveling to Stanford to play a Stanford team that looks, you know, not overly impressive in beating Arizona State. Uh, Stanford are three-point favorites in this game. On body of work, Washington State's a better team. So, oh, I, I mean, cook it up. 
Coog me. Yep. Yep. It's hard to argue with that. And I think, you know, what I'm interested, I mean, it's interesting to see is that, you know, with, with Falk and in prior iterations of the, of the WSU quarterbacks, they always had injury. They were always really banged up as they got into the later part of the season. And Minshew has really not gotten hit. I mean, he took a, that hellacious hit against USC, the helmet to helmet one. Um, that's been the, the, you know, subject of much discussion in terms of the failed failure to call targeting. Um, but in terms of like overall, like I don't believe he was sacked last week um, at all. So he's, I mean, they're actually pretty healthy um, right now. I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I think the Cougars are for real, and I think this they're gonna they're gonna make it happen in this game, at Stanford. Yeah, and here, here's another thing I was thinking about this WSU thing. It's like uh, everybody has always like had these air raid quarterbacks come in, and uh, you know, like. Uh, whoever the coach at Cliff Kingsbury and like, uh, you know, all these guys that come through and play quarterback for Texas tech or like a Luke Falk or Connor Halliday. And the book has always been is like, Oh, well they put up these huge numbers cause they're running a Mike Leach offense and stuff like that. But who, I mean, do you know who the best quarterback is in the NFL right now in terms of production? Mahomes, Mahomes, dude. He's a, and he's an air raid guy. And you like, what I wonder is if, like, going forward, these guys are going to even be able to attract a better caliber of quarterback because, you know, all of a sudden this guy with the physical tools went to an air raid school, and it turns out if the coach just, you know, adopts some air raid concepts, you know, more than, like, your standard uh, boring NFL stuff, they have an opportunity to be successful. So, like, I, I like... It, it used to be this was like a gimmick thing, but now this is a gimmick thing that apparently is able to succeed on the highest level. So I, I was thinking that can only be a positive development for all schools running that system to include Washington State. There you go. All right. Uh, Arizona is hosting Oregon. I don't know if it's going to be Rhett Rodriguez. I don't know if it's going to be Khalil Tate, but I know that Oregon just had their feelings hurt. And they are going on the road against a team that has shown itself to be bad where they are... Nine and a half point favorites, and I like the Ducks in this one. I'm going to take Arizona in this game. Um, the desert is not kind to Pac-12 North teams. Uh, to be clear, I think Oregon's going to win, but I, you know, Oregon is has such a weird season going. Right? They could argue that they're one weird play in the Stanford game away from being three and one in the the North right now, and, and in control of their own destiny. And they're also one Washington shank field goal away from being one and three um, in, you know, in the exact same circuit, they, you know, and, and be firmly out of it, not ranked and nobody nationally would be talking about. Um, so they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde to me. And they also last week at WSU was the first difficult road trip of the year. Um, this will be their third game in a row coming up Washington, then Washington state on the road now down on the road at Arizona, you know, this will be the first sort of difficult stretch they've had. And with the, the, you know, the, I don't know, the emotional letdown of last week um, and them losing control of the South of the North division, really, I think very unlikely in my opinion, that the winner of the North division between UW, WSU and Stanford would have two or more losses. Um, I'm going to be interested to see. I think I think Arizona, having you know kept it close with UCLA last week, is better than it looks because UCLA is constantly improving. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see this game. This is I know it's not the biggest game of the week because you got WSU Stanford, but I'm very very interested in this game. 
Yeah, I, I think you make uh, excellent points. And then also what should be brought up is that uh, Oregon had a freshman left tackle that if the results versus Washington and Washington State, if you compare them, the freshman left tackle gets injured late against Washington. Oregon did a good job running the ball against a you know, relatively stout Washington defense. Washington State doesn't have that reputation, but Oregon had a lot of trouble moving the ball on the ground compared to how you thought they would be because they matched Washington's physicality in that game. And I think we remarked on it last week. One feature of that game is that it was a good old timey rivalry game because people were getting carted off the field left and right, you know, and you wonder what the depth is like, because this is a team that's not super removed from just being bad, you know, like the, the upperclassmen on this yeah, team. Well, so that's the, you know, you've got the, you've got the smash mouth game against Washington two weeks ago where they lose their left tackle. They lose, you know, they, they have a bunch of injuries and they're coming off that. Then they go on the road, super hostile environment in the Palouse. That game was no picnic. I mean, they're down 27, nothing had to, you know, scratch and claw their way back. But that, you know, that was Washington state's, you know, coronation moment for the year. And they had to endure that. And so super, you know, super let down. I, I you know, and now they got to turn back around and go back down on the road to the desert, just not a historically friendly area for the, you know, Pac-12 North teams. Um, you, we're going to learn a lot about Oregon this week, one way or the other. And I, I don't see him covering a 10 point spread. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's a, you're, you're making awesome, fun, bold picks this week. And I like that. And I hate to keep circling back to Washington state, but they're just on my mind. Cause they had the best game last week. I think Mike Leach now is up to like 10 games over 500 or something all time at WSU, considering where he started and considering the run that he has his team on of just consistently being in the mix for the PAC 12 North title. Now they haven't gotten it done yet, but I mean, that guy's a good ass football coach. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're going to see after this year if, if WSU can keep him or not because there were a lot of rumors last year that he almost bailed to Tennessee, you know, that whole that whole nonsense. And, he, you know, their fan base or someone didn't like that. And yeah, so they feel like they're out, too he, good. They feel like they're too good for the air raid when it's like plainly the future of yeah, football. Yeah, I'm here to tell you, I think after this season, if he pulls off a magical season with WSU, like they're going to need to pull out all the stops to keep him because I think a big a big time program is going gonna, is gonna to swallow its pride on this one and be like, you know what? That dude wins a lot, and we love it. Let's let's go get him. Um, so it's going to test the the metal of uh, of Mike Leach to see what he you know what he what where his priorities are at. Yeah, and I, and frankly, I'm interested to see because what what he could do in a place that could recruit a better caliber of athlete because that's one of the amazing things about his success at Texas Tech and at Washington State is that like these are not destinations. You know what I mean? Like he's able to, but he's still able to find guys and get enough done that he's threatening, you know, eight plus wins every year, which I mean, that's no small deal at Washington state. There's a short list of coaches who have an all time winning record at Washington state. And I think it's like Bill Doba and nobody else. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and that finally brings us to Washington at home against Cal, a Cal team that is up and down. They're coming off a high Washington, just kind of slogging through it, playing the team in front of them. Washington are 12 point favorites in this game. I, I like Washington, you know, I mean, like it's, it's funny, you know, we always talk about how when we started this podcast, the first year Washington didn't even win a single game. And now uh, I do, I still complain about how they play now in these seasons where like they're, uh, uh, you know, a solid bet to get to double digit wins again. Yeah, and, and one thing that you know you talk a lot about in this podcast, which I, I have come to fully embrace, is the the notion of expected outcome, um, and and you know what what's the outcome that each side is comfortable with, 
And when it comes to UW in Colorado or in California, uh, California is comfortable losing to UW, and UW is comfortable beating California. That is the way it has been for many decades, with few exceptions. Um, and that is how it should most likely be on Saturday. Yep, I agree with that. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Yeah! Pull, 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 pull! Pull out your game!